0: Previously, on Quest Friends. So what is it? The cloud thing that we woke up? That's bad news, more or less. It's called the Apocryta. It appeared 40 years ago, and it consumed everything it ran across. Oh, Shock, Uh, you haven't been having sort of any weird side effects or encountering anything weird since you've woken up, have you? No... And then, Shock will stand up
1: again, face loyal, and say, you've been here all day, and you still haven't answered my question. Why are you here? Do you want with me? Why are you in my head?
0: welcome to quest friends i sound way too uh way too like an announcer hello welcome to quest friends i am kyle your gm i use he him pronouns and i play everybody in this uh universe of Numenera. this is a role-playing podcast where i'm gonna help lead our four heroes through an adventure and they're gonna quickly introduce themselves and their characters now before i do a recap of the story If uh, you've already been listening for a while and you want to just jump straight to the next part of the story, you can jump to seven minutes. Um, But for anyone else who's new, who wants to recap, here is uh, who we are and what we've been up to.
2: I'm Emily Strawn. I use she, her pronouns, and um, I play Ellie Badge, who also uses she, her pronouns.
0: Uh, And can you explain Ellie Badge in one sentence?
2: Um wolverine 80 year old woman who fights with a folding chair that was not an actual sentence i'm sorry it was (laughs) grammatically incorrect
0: all right uh hallie
3: uh hi i'm hallie Kuntz. my pronouns are she her i play hopper scotch hopper's pronouns are he him uh hopper can best be summed up as vigilante accountant current status heartbroken That's all you need to know about my boy, <laughs> <laughs> going into this arc. Uh, Ari.
4: Alright, uh, I'm Ari Tena, I use she-her pronouns, and I play Misha, who uses they-dem pronouns, and they are an android that only remembers the past month and a couple of days, or however long this adventure has been gone, of their life. So, they're cute, I guess.
0: <laughs> they also... Have done a murder.
4: They did that. <laughs> they have done a murder. They have done a murder.
0: Unlike Ellie, it wasn't an intentional murder. <laughs> no, Ellie's done like a lot of <laughs> intentional Bo- <laughs> murders. Uh, and then Tom, who uh, who is your wonderful, wonderful boy?
1: Uh, I am Tom and I use he, him pronouns. And I am playing Shock, who also uses he, him pronouns. And Shock is a sweet, adorable science wizard and possible magical kiss boy who can say, this in this upcoming arc.
0: (laughs) If you want the full comprehensive history of our story so far uh, last week, I should have put out a video and or podcast probably titled Quest Friends, the story so far that covers in detail everything that's happened and everything you might need to know. If you don't want to listen to that, though, and you just want to get in, I am going to cover the rules. So uh, for each new arc, as a rule comes up, I'm going to re-explain how it works. Uh, The basics you need to just know right now is that when a player wants to do something, they roll a dice one through 20 higher number means higher chance of success. And then I'm also going to go through the story so far, accompanied by the elevator music that I always use. So, our story takes place in the ninth world. The ninth world happens after eight apocalypses. It's one billion years in the future. Things are weird. We're kind of in the pseudo like Avatar The Last Airbender technology era, medieval technology era world, except everything is kind of augmented by by machines and by technology. I think the best example I can think of is if anyone's watched the new She-Ra, how it's like kind of technological, but also kind of like fantasy. It's kind of like that, except we don't have first ones. We have eight ones. There are eight worlds, not just one. (laughs) Um, We have our four four heroes, they get tasked by, they get uh, sent on a task in which they accidentally release a giant cloud of black tiles and spiders. And inside of it, there's this big hulking dude in like Viking uh, helmet, the fake Viking helmet uh, armor. He's really scary, he's got a big ol' war hammer, and they get out of there and basically the cloud just ups and gets up and then leaves. Our heroes find out later that the spiders in these clouds will essentially paralyze and take the memories from any of their victims, killing the victims in the process. They figure that out because the person who sent them on their job, named Sue, dies. She's dead now uh she is a member of the heroes of navarine which is comprised of her uh mauve mako the professor and a guy named aegon stormbreaker who was the big spooky dude in the cloud who at this point everyone had thought had defeated it they thought he had beat it turns out he didn't oops and worst off our beautiful kiss boy shock gets bitten by one of the spiders he starts having visions and he definitely starts dying so our party goes and seeks out the heroes. They find Mob, they find Mako. Mako eventually heals Shock, even though he almost dies. And then Shock starts seeing a boy named Lowell. Uh, Lowell is from a long, long time ago, and only Shock can see him. And it's a little weird. During this time, our uh, heroes then get contacted by Hopper Scotch's former rival, Lorraine Styles, who puts them on a mission, which is secretly a setup. After Hop had failed in the past with Lorraine, she basically had one final test for him to prove that he was a worthy adversary, and he failed spectacularly. So he, he got dumped by his arch rival. And maybe, girlfriend, they were never a thing, but that like emotional heartbreak is still there. No comment. <laughs> So that's where we are at this point. Aegon and the cloud of spiders called the Apocryta, are still at large. There is a group called the Jagged Dream, which is aiming to basically just steal the life energy of lots of people to do some terrible thing on an airship Titanic. And so our heroes kind of have to deal with both of those things. Was there anything I missed there? Because I realized I forgot the Jagged Dream till the last second. (laughs) It's fine. We can record. We can do it over. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of names. I'm going to try to keep keep it uh, approachable. But again, if you ever get confused, I would highly encourage you to either check out the story so far or on our website, questfriendspodcast.com. I have summaries of every single episode and recommended starting points. If you're like, well, well, I want to understand what's going on. They'll tell you where to jump in if you want to understand things. All right. We good. We ready to actually start this game. (laughs) So, right now you are all leaving Rouletia, You're in Mob's covered wagon. I'm gonna jump straight into a scene in a second, but before we start there, kind of where are you in the wagon? What are you gonna be up to over the course of this, uh, this drive?
3: Uh, Hop, who left his hat in Rouletia and is now hatless, is leaning against the back wall of the wagon, just lazily looking out at the fading lights of Ruledia as they drive away. He's clearly not all there. He's very zoned out.
2: Ellie might like cast the occasional look over at Pop and be like, "Uh, this is weird, but I don't know how to fix this. (laughs) Um, But she's probably going to be outwardly, patiently tolerating Zoe's attempts to
0: bond. (laughs) Uh, Zoe's Ellie's daughter and she is absolutely like just showing all of her books. All of her novels. All she loves her them. YA novels. She loves her YA novels. Uh, Ari, what is Misha up to?
4: Uh, Misha is sitting at the back of the wagon as well. They also are reflecting upon a bunch of different things that happened in the past couple of episodes, but occasionally they are going to cast a glance at Hop as well, because they, they don't get that much what's going on, but they do notice that something looks different besides him not having a hat.
0: All right. And then Tom, what is shock up to
1: shock is, I guess, joining the entire party and occasionally like looking back at Hopper to see, oh, is (laughs) is he okay? Is, Is he all right? Shock is also actually going to be sort of out of it, too. He's going to be at a different part of the... We're on the wagon boat, right?
0: Yeah, you're on a covered wagon boat.
1: He's going to be at a different part of the wagon boat, also, like, looking at the trees and grass as they they go by. Mildly lost in thought.
4: So we're all lost in thought, basically. (laughs) Other than, I guess, Ellie.
1: Lost in thought, all alone. (laughs) You're
0: all lost
4: in... (laughs) She wishes she was sitting alone. (laughs) No, she doesn't.
2: She She loves Zoe. It's just that quiet time is also nice sometimes.
0: (laughs) All right. In that case, I will start with my opening introduction. So everything's quiet. It's only been a few minutes since you left the relentless cacophony of Roulettea, But as you weave through the trees surrounding the city, it feels as if your world's away. It's a nice quiet, a contemplative quiet. It's a quiet that is well-deserved and well-welcomed. And in this moment of rest shock, you turn your head around from the outside lights, around from Zoe talking excitedly to her mother, away from a forlorn hopper scotch, and you see Lowell leaning at the back of the wagon. His shoulders are slumped in exhaustion, but he still keeps his head pointed towards the sky.
1: Shock will, like, shift over to where Lowell is and just, without really looking at
0: him, just say, y- you, y- you okay? he keeps his head up, but, uh, responds to you. He's like, it's, um, it's, it's funny. It's, uh, because I'm, I guess, connected to you. I can't really see past a few feet. Everything past that is blurry, but, uh, and he looks up further to the sky and, and sighs. I don't know. It's nice to imagine anyway. You know, you scared me shock. You, you scared me real hard. And in, in your I don't, I don't know what I could have done to, to, to help you. I mean, I I, I I came in and pushed you out of the way and you still took pretty bad hit. Like, I don't know. I I think
1: I should apologize because this life is what we do. Any sort of gestures around to the rest of a party. That's, I guess, what we do now. We we fight people. We we take risks. We we save people. But you're you're you don't get a choice in that you're stuck with me. So when I when I risk my own life, I'm risking yours, too. And it's I guess it's not fair. I wish I could do something to help you.
0: No, I, I get it. I I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not it's not that it's just how long have you been doing this kind of stuff?
1: Well, I've been on the road for about a year now. I've met up with everyone else here not long ago. Uh, I don't think it's been much more than a
0: week. A week? a week man i've been decades i've got to have been gone for decades like if that much can change in one week what else could have and and he takes a look and he he kind of looks at the rest of the wagon what else could have like happened in that time how many people how many people could have gotten hurt how much stuff how much could things have changed you know without me there to help them i I, i'm here to help you now but like i I don't know what's happened to your home
1: since whatever happened, but if it's still there, we can find it again, right? We can always try to take you back home.
0: Man, you saw what happened to Roulette in a day. There's. I don't know, I don't think that place is, is there anymore. I guess I'm just used to places not changing. I don't know if
1: I ever really mentioned much, but I grew up in a place called the Wheel of Baz. It's kind of like a, a sanctuary for machines. Any kind of machine life can go there have a home. Horus, he's, I guess he's kind of like a a scout and a scavenger for the wheel. He found me out in the wastes surrounding the wheel and they brought me back because I've got (laughs) something in my head that lets me link up with other machines. And they raised me and I spent my whole life there. The same people, the same places. Um, Nothing really changed until, until I decided to start traveling. He just kind of nods his head a little bit and says, Dude, so you are a machine? Oh well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a machine.
0: He gives you, like, a weird look, and he just kind of, like, looks at your skin a little bit and just a, does a pinch. He's like, well, what's, what's this? Come on, you got all this fleshy stuff.
1: Well, well, yeah, I'm, I I guess I'm technically a human, but I'm, I'm a machine. I lived with machines. I can speak to machines. And he, like, swings open the hatch in the side of his head and says, look, I've got, I've got metal in me, too.
0: S- Still gross, poetically gross, but still. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. I got what you're saying. Yeah, for all the things that change, it's ultimately and he points to his head. It's all up here that matters.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah,
0: whatever. I just got to think about it. What's that trinket you got there? Yeah, any points to the locket?
1: Oh, This? Well, see, I, well, I had, I had a lot of books when I was growing up in the wheel and that was, that was, um, well, Horace said it was important for me to learn about humans. So I had stories and in one of them, uh, there was a locket and the hero put a picture of the people important to them in the locket and it kept them going when times were tough. So I thought that would be nice to have something like that.
0: Like, like, uh, like a picture of your friends? Yeah, yeah, sure. And the shoulders unslump. Man, that's so cool. Cause, like, you know, I mean, I was just talking about how it's up here, but like in there in photo too. Like, that's no, what a great way of keeping a memory alive. In fact, let me. Um, it's probably a little bit outdated now, but I was uh a little bit into photography uh when I was you know n- not air when I was when I was uh, a flesh boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. The in seeing you, the flesh and mechanic thing in your head is just. I'm thinking about flesh a lot. I'm real sorry. Um, but no, I've. I know. Uh, I know a really good spot. Yeah. So uh, that's the professor. Uh, she. <laughs> She didn't really have a spot on our team, she was just kind of the general inside or connection. But not only is she supposed to be having a professorship on the Prodigious, she's also been studying the ruins of the Apocritus. If there's anyone who knows what our next steps are gonna be, it's gonna be her. Ellie, you've gotten a bit of reprieve from uh, Zoe's uh, excited talking. Everett has picked up a book and now uh, Zoe's recounting the entire plot to him in an attempt to not be spoilery, but she's absolutely spoiling everything. Kubo is actually sitting dutifully next to uh, next to Mob and helping give her instructions on on where to go. And Mob has started talking to you in that break, kind of uh, giving you a rundown of the professor, the last hero of Navarine that you have not met yet. Uh, and she's uh, handed you. Uh, and in fact, you're kind of looking at the picture of the heroes of Navarine, which Hop has a copy of. And he just seemed to be handing them out like pamphlets at this point. And she says... Now she's got her quirks. Uh, She can basically read minds uh, and and she's not afraid to let you know what she finds, but it's easy enough to get in her good graces, you know, strawberry cake. She absolutely loves that. You come with her with a slas, she'll be talking to you all day, uh, more than maybe even one or two. And as she's talking, you're taking a look at this photo of the Heroes of Navarine, which she's handed to you. And you can see in front of this giant Z-Drake, uh, which is basically a, a dragon, a ninth world dragon with a fin on its head. Uh, you see this elderly woman in kind of like a, a lab coat or a trench coat. And she's just staring at the camera with this like otherworldly curiosity. And you could, hearing that she could maybe read minds is a little unsettling because it almost feels like she's looking through the picture into your heart.
2: I look at the picture and like turn it one way and then turn it the other way and look over at mom and say, you ever notice it's kind of like her eyes follow you?
0: Ellie, you get used to that after a while. I mean, at this point I just feel like her eyes are on me all the time.
2: That sounds horrifying.
0: Oh no, it's it's terrifying. It's spooky, but I swear she's a good woman, all right? She just uh she's curious.
2: When was the last time you talked? Can you get in contact with her?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. That's what uh, what Mako is up to. In fact, these pins and she shows you the Malvin Mako pin, which is uh, what's used for telekinetic thought. Actually, the the kind of threads that are used to bond these things together uh, was reverse engineered from her uh, nano abilities. So, no, we have a we have a direct line to her. I just, you know, I don't want to plug up her mind. She's probably very busy. And, you know, Mako's been busy with that.
2: Again, horrifying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. Hey, Ellie Badge, you ever notice that it's uh, it's a little bit darker than I thought it'd be at this time? You hear rain? Oh, no. But it's not rain. Because rain doesn't crawl. Rain doesn't scrape and screech and scratch. And rain is not the pitch black of a spider. And as your vehicle makes its way out of the treetops into the fields of Navarone, you turn to see, high in the sky behind you, a violently convulsing mass of black wind. It is a cloud, and yet it is not. It is the storm itself distilled into a relentless mass of spider and stone. All of you turn behind, and you see the Apocrydon. And I need you all the roll initiative.
3: <sighs> Kyle, I got a two.
0: About what I could hope for. Sixteen! I also got a sixteen.
3: Ooh.
2: 13.
0: (laughs) Yay! Okay, so since more than half of you rolled above 10, you're going to get a free action before you start this combat because this is not a regular combat. So initiative usually is used to track everyone in order. But in this case, there are just two opponents. There is your car and there is this cloud, the apocryda, which is raining spiders behind you. This is a chase. There are five degrees of separation. You're going to start at three. If you reach one, the Apocryta is caught up to you, and you will be consumed by spiders. If you reach five, you'll have gotten away successfully. Each turn, you will have three actions you can make to get away, and the Apocryta will have three actions it can take to follow you. Mauve will automatically be driving, and in fact she immediately says, Alright, everybody, I tell you to buckle up, but there are any buckles, and we gotta go now. And so, you are going to get a free action you can take now to uh, try to propel your car faster to get away from the Apocalypse. And these three actions are shared between all of them, so uh, not all of you will get to do something on a turn. I just want to make sure this is snappy and quick.
1: Oh, God.
4: Misha has a new ability called Matter Cloud, which uh, basically they can lift like pebbles, sand, debris around them in, in a cloud and then uh, that can make creatures harder for other creatures to attack and what I would like to potentially do if I do that is to expend, potentially spend an XP point or, or more to make it not only surround Misha but surround the wagon so that it kind of has a protective cloud so that it's a little bit harder for the for the thing to, to attack us if we have that.
0: Alright, so you're gonna fight a cloud with a different cloud. Well,
4: I would have fight it. I would, well, potentially, would serve as a protective thing.
0: I really like that idea, actually. It's
4: a good plan. Great idea.
0: Couple of things for listeners, ciphers, one-use items, and XP. It's experience, which I will grant, and you can basically use it to make yourself stronger. So, Misha, you see this cloud of spiders, and you know the best way to fight fire is with fire. Or in this case the best way to fight a cloud is with a different smaller cloud so describe what you do
4: all right so uh misha is basically so they were sitting at the back of the wagon closer like they could see the dirt behind them as they were leaving so they are basically gonna kind of harness the dirt that's already going up from the wagon moving to make it go up a little bit more, they're gonna focus really hard on just keeping that up and, and continuing doing it. And since it's the first time that they would do it, they would not really realize that they themselves are doing it until it's like halfway through it happening. And then they are going to use that to have the, the dirt surround the whole, or at least part of the wagon, at least the, the back part, if they can't do the whole the whole thing. and. Yeah, uh, I have a question. Yes. Well, I have two questions for this. One is that the description of this thing says that it's the cloud is around me. So do I spend an XP to make it be... Around on the wagon and the second thing is that would it, would it still rule that i could potentially use this to attack the cloud if possible because <laughs> it says that i can use it i can spend an action to whip the material that abrades everything within immediate
0: range of the thing um i'm gonna say you can hold that attack action okay and then yes spend an xp because otherwise that also may i think it's just because it's a lot bigger yeah i think it'll be like we're enveloping the whole thing because otherwise you're all gonna fight in a mess of rocks and that's probably gonna make it's harder for you to fight things.
4: Yeah, and then one thing is that I guess. To maintain it, Misha will have to be focused on, on that on that part and they're going to be at the edge of the wagon trying to keep that thing up.
0: Okay, cool. Yes, it all it all flies up. You see a couple, we we get a close-up uh, as some drit, which is ninth world dirt, uh, flies yeah. up. We get a little view of a couple of really distressed ants trying oh, to no. climb up the no. side. You see Gregory fall off. No! It's a very dramatic scene. If, <laughs> if Misha notices this,
4: they will be like, I apologize, ants.
0: <laughs> their ants though so um, they can survive falls from high places don't worry they ants spelled with a z and as we all know woody allen is terrible <laughs> so ultimately it's good oh no that movie is
1: oh, no. so bad
4: oh. <laughs> i have a lot of feelings about that movie
0: um so uh yeah as that happens so then the apocryta takes its turn and it does three things. The first thing you hear is a hailstorm, and the apocrypha you can tell, is throwing shards of obsidian tiles at you. The spiders are too light, they can't be thrown like, uh, they can only be dropped, but the shards can be thrown down at the uh, at the wagon. So you hear them get knocked off by Misha's shield, but they, ult- they would've shredded through the wagon if Misha had not put up that shield. Seeing that that doesn't work, you hear some hard thuds, and through the rocks, you can see obsidian soldiers, which look like round automatons with vines connecting their arms, just like Mauve had described uh, about a day ago. And finally, you hear a crash of thunder. And you see, in the distance, that a large shard of obsidian had fallen onto the ground like a lightning bolt and exploded, releasing a mass of spiders that are now rapidly chasing you. So Misha's protection stopped the uh, hailstorm. The soldiers, which there are a handful, are still chasing you and gaining speed. They're a horde, so just any attack on them will account as an attack. And then finally, there seems to be a little swarm of spiders as well that is catching up and wanting to get on. Misha, since you prep the thing for an attack, I will say that you're able to uh, attack one of the soldiers. So give me a roll to do that. Okay. Ten. A ten. Yeah. The dirt shoots out. And you just see the uh, soldier, the glass soldier, just knock it away. Oh, no. Uh, as if it was nothing. Oh, no. Uh, and then oh. two spiders fly off and hit the camera. And it's very funny because we need a little bit of com- comedic relief in this hellscape. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so now it is your turn. You have three actions you can take. You've got a bunch of angry apocrypha soldiers. And then you've also got uh, the spiders, the little massive spiders.
1: Uh, I have I have an idea to do an action if people are okay with it yeah all right all right so shock also gained a new spell uh, with the last level up and that is called construction and I'm not certain how relevant this exact idea will be because I don't I don't know how flat or hilly this area is it's plains it's pretty flat okay so it's yeah. pretty flat but what if
0: <laughs> what if it wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of fun. For the sake of fun, wow, really guilting me there. No no
1: no. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, no, shoot, I don't wanna I don't wanna ruin wh-
0: mm. What do you wanna do? No. What do you wanna do?
1: I, I'm wondering if this might be better saved for later because I I don't want to like introduce any sort of like chasm or gap to, to cross at this point in time. Just go. Okay. Just go. Alright, what if maybe maybe Mob is like navigating obstacles. Like maybe Mob can't go on a direct straight line for some reason, but what if, indeed, we had a bridge that we could build across, like, just, like, to arc across from, like, hill to hill, or, like, over a river, or, or, uh, in other ways, just, like, building a more direct path for us out of here. It could even be a ramp if we wanted to
0: just Dukes of Hazard this. So, it is a plane, but a ramp is exactly my idea. <laughs> okay, I was... <laughs> I had a feeling. What if you Dukes of Hazard over absolutely nothing? <laughs> if you just went into the air, because fuck it. But I think that'll be great. Someone try to think of how the combo onto this in video games. You build up speed in the air. Someone help me out. Look, all right, whatever.
1: Shock is using his new spell construction. You build a structure from non-living materials drawn from your environment within long range. When the structure appears, it draws up rocks, drit, scrap, metal, and anything else around you to become what you wish it to become. You might create a bridge across a chasm or a shelter where you and your companions can rest. It can be any shape I choose and big enough to accommodate up to 100 people. Um, if I make a building, I can make chambers, blah blah blah. Uh, when you use construction, it takes 10 minutes for a structure to finish taking shape. Did not read
0: that bit. <laughs> uh, what if I'm just... Laying Laying track in front of us as we go. I will let you do it, but you will be laying track as you do it. And eventually flying off will absolutely not be your choice. So, yeah, describe how the structure gets built. All right. So,
1: so Misha is there earth bending this this cloud of dust and rock around us, lashing it out. Shock stands up next to Misha, badass wizard just like slams down the staff. And all of a sudden, there's this shudder from the earth. As all of a sudden like Earth and rocks from beneath just begin to, like, build up right in front of a boat, uh, just creating this ramp that is frantically, like, pulling material into existence as the
0: boat ramps up along it. All right, so you are you are going up this ramp. You have about one turn's length of time until it's not keeping up with you. You have two more actions.
2: So I, since we are all introducing our new skills, I know,
0: it's a great showcase. I fucking love it, honestly.
2: So I have two new enablers. Um,
0: Enablers are things you don't have to do. They just are. And these are most of Ellie's abilities because Emily (laughs) made a broken fighter. I'm
2: sorry. (laughs) I'm not that sorry, actually. First of all, as my new focus ability, I can apply the effect of a cipher artifact to my body as a free action, and then when I perform appropriate action with my body, the effect of the cipher artifact will attempt to take place as well. Okay. So if we have
3: any particularly destructive ciphers... I have one cipher. I have several ciphers, but I have one cipher that is the frame with the paper and crayon that just says, only touch crayon to paper when ready. I do not know what this will do, but probably something.
0: Oh my God, yes. All right, we'll play out how you get that on and then describe what you do with it. All
3: right. Um. right. First of all, also, Hopper also has an enabler. It's his defend the innocent thing. I'm going to argue that everyone is in a wagon, so that's all immediate range. So you all have defense stuff.
0: Is that a free action? It is. I fucking hate all of you. <laughs> This is supposed to be intense.
3: Oh no, it's an a- wait, that's fine, the guilty. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Defend the innocent. Um oh, it's an action to initiate. Never mind. Well, can I can I do that as an action to like initiate like I'm designating everyone as innocent and I'm and Hopper physically is like stealing himself with his little shield to do anything, should anyone get onto the boat. Okay. So is that one of our three actions then? That's
0: one of your three. So dirt. Okay. Misha has a cloud. Shock has made a ramp. Hop is turned around and yelled to everyone. You're all innocent. Every one of you. No. Innocent. Uh, and then Ellie.
3: If that's the third action, I don't want to take it up.
0: No, I, I think I think it's fine. And then Ellie, because remember, this is supposed okay. to be a quick combat. So Ellie, yeah. you're OK.
3: OK, I
2: try to, in a garbled mess, explain to them that I need a cipher
3: and I'm going to use it. To make me stronger. Okay. Who has a weird one? Hopper just rips into his into his backpack and throws out the weird cr- uh, crayon paper. He says, "I don't know what this does. Try this one." <laughs> and it's it says only touch crayon
2: to paper when ready. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I want to stick the crayon onto one of my spikes. Okay. Wolverine claws. Yeah, my Wolverine claws, and then I want to hold the paper up in front of me, facing both of the soldiers, and then I want to. <laughs> Punch through it <laughs> and shoot out my claws. And wh- how does the cipher... I th- it's the crayon's touching the paper. Oh, I have to explain how the cipher works.
0: Yeah, unless you want me to develop something. I think something.
3: Callie should explain it because it's her cipher. That's literally all I have though.
0: Just touch frame. That's that's yeah. the idea is that you are all creative and open participants in the storytelling. Oh, we we get to In this collaborative storytelling experience. How dare you put responsibility on us?
3: Yeah, I thought you were just going to do something that
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Ari is out there being like, I got a million uses for this Clippy. rest of you, the mother- rest of you, <laughs> catch up.
3: I didn't, well, Clippy explicitly states that you ask it to do a thing. Frame paper and crayon just says a thing happens. Just shoot a rainbow, a rainbow beam at the... Uh-
1: I'm kind of hoping it just explodes <laughs> when you touch the, the crayon to the paper. <laughs>
0: (laughs) I will say the rainbow bean can happen, but only if the song Rainbow Connection plays. No. (laughs) The Rainbow Rainbow Connection.
4: connection. I mean, a crayon has colors, right? It could, it could. Do I need to roll to attack?
0: No, I, I, ciphers, I think are just, ciphers Uh, just work because it's kind of boring otherwise.
3: Okay. How would people feel about just a flamethrower that just burns everything behind us as we, yeah, Yeah. as we rush forward. I love it. But that also propels us forward jetpack style. Yeah, up at this ramp that shock has been building. Oh, God, no. Inside a dust cloud. Look at this teamwork. Oh,
1: no. (laughs) Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, God. I love it. I'm already not laying track fast enough. Okay, we're going to
3: do this because it's interesting. Yeah.
0: So... Ellie, you reach back and you punch through it. And a flamethrower does come out. But it is black and white, like ink on paper. And you see the soldiers glisten, but they don't get destroyed. But the spiders behind them absolutely all get fried. And you move faster and faster. And you move from three to four to a five distance away. You are on the verge of escaping. And then you feel a shudder. And you hear mobs say uh we got any more dirt back there and suddenly you feel your rotation go from pointing up to pointing horizontally to pointing down and with a thud the car crashes onto the ground and spirals around you take a 360 probably like five times the mob takes a second and moves forward but you are now four distance away to quest friends episode 36 crime and courtship part one i am kyle your gm and this is our announcement break the little segment where i just kind of take a second to let you know that our intro and outro song are friends and hitoshio both by miracle sound check out the links to those two songs below In addition to being the place where I can credit the music that I need to credit, uh, the announcement break is also a time where I usually just kind of talk to you about the comings and goings, anything that might be useful for you to know concerning the podcast. For example, this week, my call to action is to check out questfriendspodcast.com. Again, that's questfriendspodcast.com. It's just our name plus the word podcast plus dot com. Now, I know what you're thinking. Kyle, I already found the show. Why should I check out another website for this podcast? I got the podcast right here. I don't need to check another thing for the podcast. I'm listening to the podcast right now. And you are. But you could be reading it, too. Because QuestFriendsPodcast.com includes things like transcripts. It includes things like links to all of the social media that we actually use. And... It also has a page called episode summaries, which includes uh, one to four sentence summaries of every single episode in the core story. It obviously can't contain all the information from the show, but I try really hard to make sure it contains the bare essentials, the things you really need to know going forward. Besides that, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, this is the start of our new arc. I'm really, really, really excited for it. Our episode was a bit longer this week. Usually they're like 40 to 50 minutes, Uh, but there was just a lot I really wanted to get in this first episode. And I also, on a personal level, didn't want to end it on combat. Alright, that's all I've got for you today. Our next regular-sized episode, Crime and Courtship Part 2, will be releasing on Monday, May 13th. I will see you then. I really should stop saying to see you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hear you. No, I'm gonna talk to you then, and you're gonna hear me. And so the Apocryta takes its turn. The first thing, the soldiers, there are two of them, big and hulking. They burst through Misha's cloud. Uh, And Misha, you can take an attack on this as they do it. Okay. Nine. They burst through, grab it on the sides, and hold it down, trying to drag you slower. Meanwhile, you can see a bunch of hail shards start shooting towards the car, and if you don't do anything to stop them, they will hit you next turn, because there's kind of a bigger opening. Uh, like they were trying to go through the roof last time, now they're trying to go through the opening back, so the rocks will not completely block them. Mm-hmm. Finally, you see one more figure shoot from the sky. And it slams down into the middle of the boat and it rises. And you see this kind of ganky figure with what most people would consider exposed veins, but look more like exposed wire and a cowboy hat. Turn over to all of you and you realize that this is a replica of Robot Gus. (laughs) What? The robot you met in Obsidian Bay who was consumed by the Apocrita.
3: Our neighbor.
0: Yes, your neighbor, Gus. (laughs) is here. And then you remember that he had pistols oh. and he takes them out, ready to shoot.
3: Die, 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 <laughs> die.
0: <laughs> yes, he is ready to use his ult. <laughs> um, oh. So essentially, because this is a chase, they don't take their actions right away. You can either do something to block their actions or you can just hope you dodge it, because if you don't dodge it, you're boned.
3: Oh, dear. OK, Um. Um. clarification on my defend the innocent. I can I can say multiple people are innocent, so everyone can get my protection. But I can apparently only protect one innocent creature at a time.
0: Who's it gonna
1: be?
3: I don't know. The difficulty of speed rolls. My daughter.
1: Oh God, Zoe is in
0: here.
3: Zoe is still there. I didn't think of I didn't think of doing a non PC, but that is a good point.
0: Um, and remember, you can all tell one of your mates. You can tell Zoe, or Everett, or Mauve to do something as an action, um, or Cubo. But again, Cubo is a basketball that tells you things. <laughs> So, I don't know how Cubo <laughs> could help you. Just
3: throw it. Just throw the basketball.
0: <laughs> so, we have three pressing
1: concerns. I have an idea for one of them. Okay. So, my cutting light ability isn't just a normal attack. Yeah, it's even more effective when used against immobile, non living targets, and it can slice through up to one foot of any material that is level six or less. Uh would, would we say that the arms of Apocryta soldiers are non-living material? And they are stationary because they're just holding on. Can I just like saw through the arms to like make them stop holding our wagon?
0: Describe how you cut the arms off. So
1: Shock readies his left hand, which which has the glove that that focuses the cutting light. And he stabilizes himself from there, their little, their little dip and spin. And Shock just sees the soldiers grab on and runs up to the side and just starts weld, <laughs> like emits a laser <laughs> from his left hand and just starts going at it like he's got a welder torch, just cutting through the soldiers'
0: arms. All right, another day at the job. Take me a look Oh, see this is your issue. Uh, The uh, caboose of your vehicle has a uh, couple of uh, undead soldiers attached to it. Just going to want to cut those off with a laser hand or something like that. Are you trying to hit both of them or just one of them? If you will allow me to to cut both of them off, (laughs) you will have to roll to successfully cut both of them because you'll have to do one of them fast.
1: I will accept that challenge. Part of the cards guide me. What happens if I roll a three?
3: It's bad. No. I do have XP. Do
0: you have XP to re-roll? No, I burned all of my XP. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So the obsidian orb that had its arm connected, you cut straight through the vines and the soldier just kind of like its blank face looks up to you and it just stands in place. But it looks like it's moving back because it just plants itself in the ground as the rest of you drive away. <laughs> and its arm falls onto the ground and it splits into a pile of obsidian planes, of obsidian shards. Okay. Since it seemed to be made of those layered on top of one another. Mm. The car kind of sw- a little bit as this happens, uh, as Mauve readjusts for the fact that she's now being on- held by only one of them. But you are moving.
4: Cool. Then, um, yeah, I have two potential things. So one it's my cipher that I haven't had the chance to use yet, and I want to use it at some point. Which is I call I wrote it as Doctor Facilier flashlight because yeah. it's basically a flashlight la- that like throws a shadow that can do a thing. It's a one time use. Um, so I could potentially do that to either get the soldiers away or try to knock the gun out of Gus's hands. Could the shadow protect us from the? From, from the shards? Could it? Because I thought about it.
1: That was actually a, the question I was going to ask is but now that we are moving again, are those shards still going to hit us? Is their aim off or are they... Is is does the Apocryda have aim assist on? Is what I'm asking.
0: Uh, the that definitely has aim assist on. It's not perfect. God damn it. Uh, they got it for like 15 bucks from a bored teenager, so <laughs> it doesn't work perfectly. It glitches out a lot, but it's it's not <laughs> it's not good enough yet. Like it it still it still could hit you.
4: Uh, mm, which one do I do though? Cause one, I, I'm not gonna try to do the shadow one to knock the gun out of his hands, cause that might be much more fun. And finally, I get I can get rid of this cypher that it's really cool, but I just, it has been here.
0: <laughs> All right, describe how you use your friends from the other side to uh, knock out the guns from his hand. Uh,
4: yeah, so I mean, I Miche is going to uh, look their eyes on 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 Gus and then they're going to make a, a gesture as, as if they were uh, drawing a gun, but instead of a gun it's going to be this flashlight and then they're gonna look at at him and, and click the little button which is gonna make a shadow that I assume it's just Misha's shadow if we're making it a, a, a Dr. Facilier thing, so they're gonna just shine it on the, on the bottom of, of, his, of themselves so that they, they just project their shadow towards Gus and it just gonna kick the gun in the floor, so that it just flies over there.
0: All right. Are you targeting both guns or one gun? Well, um, if I can try and get both, then it's yeah. Give me a roll to see if you can get both guns. Cool. Okay. I think that one is roll worthy, like going above and beyond.
4: Yeah, I think so too. All right. All right. All right. I roll a twenty. I roll, roll. a twenty. <laughs> 20. Of
0: course you did. <laughs> I'm going to say you can just take Gus out of commission with that, so... Oh my god, woo! yes! Or more like Shadow Gus, Shard Gus. Should we call him Shard Gus? Yeah, sure. Gus was a very important character, so we need to distinguish that this is his clone. Shardogus. <laughs> <Ghost>. Shardogus. <laughs> Not Gus. Not, Not Gus. Ghost. And then the other Not one Gus. was the real Gus.
4: <laughs> then I'm just, I'm just, if, if it's that, and instead I'm, I just want the Shadow to like, to kick them from, from underneath instead, just like <laughs> like they wouldn't even expect it to like knock him out.
0: Yes, Obsidian Gus <laughs> bursts into a thousand pieces, uh, some of which get stuck in Everett's hair, but really no one can tell because <laughs> they're just as black as all of his outfit. Gross.
2: His glossy obsidian
0: locks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Everett, your hair's gotten a lot shinier lately. And is that a second tuft of hair? <laughs> um. Now you can notice because it's cut out like that. Each plane kind of matches up perfectly with like shoulder to shoulder, kind of like how when you 3D print, you 3D print in layers. Each shard is a layer of him from bottom to top and it explodes and it all hits the ground.
2: Let the record show that Kyle is just incorporating his love for 3D crystal puzzles (laughs) into this role.
0: I said 3D printing. Thank you very much. It is different.
2: But- Shiny little glass things that go like. Ellie, what are
0: you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do, Ellie? Ellie, um, tell us what you're gonna do.
2: Okay, so we've gotten rid of Gus. I would like to use my cipher. It's an orb that sends out physical ripples as soft music plays, and there is a dial on it. I would like to use this cipher to blast the shards away. Okay. And maybe even spend an. XP to make it blast the soldier away too. Um
0: that XP would make that roll easier, but it would take two to make it strong enough that it would blast him away for sure. So
2: I'm just gonna go with the shards.
0: <laughs> okay, do you want to roll to see if you can blast away that other guy too? It's fine. Okay, um so Ellie gets to the back. She has this little box in here. Ba-ba-ba-da-ba. Uh, and with those last blasts, uh, bah, 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 five uh, bursts of sound shoot out and sh- scatter the shards to the side. And it is now the Apocryta's turn.
2: As flavor? So, yes. Can I throw the box at this soldier? It's not going to do anything. I'm just mad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Spike it at him. You just throw <laughs> it at his head. It just clunk hits the ground. It spirals away. All right. You are now four away. You did not successfully stop everything, so you're not completely away. But your boat is starting to vibrate a little more strongly now as this thing is holding on to it. And from the front, you hear a mob yell, all right, gang, we got it. We got to hold on for just 10 more seconds till I can make it into that ravine. And she points forward and you can see a chasm with multiple platforms jutting out inside of it. And I'm going to say, since it's only 10 seconds, you and the Apocryda are going to get one action each. So the Apocryda shoots down onto the existing soldier soldier, even more armor, and it grabs onto the boat and plants itself deeply. It's now got, like, different appendages. It basically looks like the Apocryda maybe upgraded this soldier to a fancier version of that soldier that existed. Now he's like a spider soldier. Yeah, and now it's like a spider now, and it's like extra appendages attached onto the ground, and the boat is stopped flat. And you have, I will say actually, you have two actions to get this thing gone so that you can make your final escape. Um...
3: Um, Kyle, this is pretty blatantly a machine, right?
0: Uh, It, it was a machine, okay. but it is now something made out of obsidian glass. Like, uh, all right. Well, I mean, you don't even know if it was a machine. It was like an automaton. But uh, shock is the only one who saw what they used to look like. And they were kind of a weird mix of organic vines and stones. So that's true. Who can say for sure if they were more organic or mechanical life?
3: OK, well, then I can't use machine control implant. That cipher I got in the first session. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, That was all I had. Hopper has no... Good ability. (laughs) No one has.
1: I have an idea.
2: Okay, cool.
1: Now, now I suppose you'll have to tell me, Kyle, if this counts as two actions or not. Is it possible for Everett to use his supervision to see a weak point in this this very armored boy and allow allow shock to try a more precise cutting light blast that will disable it
0: in some way? I would say that is two because Everett is helping you, but it's kind of a mega attack. But I think it's great. So role play me out how this, how this happens. All right, all right, all right. So Shock,
1: throughout this whole encounter, has been a little frantic, just not really processing, other than the, the fight and flight response. Shock just turns to Everett seeing this very armored boy, and is just like, you, you see things.
0: Oh, yeah. where, where do I shoot it? Where do I hit it? What, how can I see It's all black. Oh, right. And he starts blinking his eyes quickly, and his eyes become a glossy black and he points to where one of the vines are. Uh, 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 And he can't seem to make it out because whatever he's seeing seems to be very spooky. So what Shock does is like standing like right
1: behind him, reaches like an arm over Everett's pointing arm and charges up his cutting light and fires on that precise spot. Give me a roll. And they use a different die for this one and pray for the heart of the cards because I just burned all
0: our actions on this one gamble. (laughs) An 11?
1: An 11?
0: It does not succeed, so what will happen next will not count as a GM intrusion. (laughs) You get lucky, Shock. It feels like you shouldn't be able to cut through this thing, and it almost is like it lets go as you shoot into it. And with the assistance of Mauve gunning the engine, it just kind of rips itself apart. Everything else turned into nice shreds. It looks like, in this case, the tiles literally snapped in half. And Mauve gets closer and closer to the cavern. And you hear one more shot of a soldier fly above you and land in front of you. And you just hear Mauve yell, Sue? And you hear a screech, as the wagon scutters and tips to the side and keeps spinning around. And uh, through these motions, Mauve is thrown off the wagon and conks her head on the back and falls to the ground. And you see through these eyes, the large burly figure of the hero of Navarine who had been consumed by the spider, Sue Strongarm, now completely obsidian glass. And you continue to spin and spin and spin and the wagon jumps off over this ravine and starts knocking itself against the platforms on the way down and you feel like somebody has to take control of this machine or it is going to crash and you will have nowhere to run. Who goes for it? Who goes for the wheel?
2: Ellie's gone straight for Zoe. (laughs) She's not
3: thinking about the wheel.
1: Shock is in a state of shock.
3: Uh, Hopper would go for the wheel, unless someone else wants to, because Hopper already drove the wagon boat. He would either instinctively move towards the back of the wagon, because Ma fell off the wagon, right? Or is she in the back?
0: No, she's on the wagon. She conked her head and she fell to the ground in the wagon.
3: Oh, I thought she fell off,
0: and I was like, no! Okay,
3: um... In that case, he would go for the wheel, but I don't want to take it from anyone who wants to drive because I already had the opportunity.
0: Okay, Hop, you go for the wheel and it is shaking violently and I need you to roll to try the maneuver itself. Can I put a level of effort? Yeah. This is might effort? Uh, Yeah, probably might to take control of it. Okay.
3: I got six.
0: You got one? six (laughs) (laughs) you shudder violently against this wheel and are thrown backwards do you say anything
3: no i know he would just go for it i mean i'm sure he's going ah because it's yeah but he doesn't like say anything
0: yeah this machine is shaking everything is is violent and you're spinning around and and it's it's unfamiliar and it's scary but to misha it feels like a memory And Misha turns over to the wheel on the front of this spectacularly crashing vehicle. And suddenly they feel like they know what to do. Because Misha is now permanently specialized in driving. What? Update your character sheet, please. Oh my god. Uh, And by specialized, that means everything will be two steps easier, which means Ari will have to roll six less than normal to succeed. (laughs) Okay. Misha, what are you going to do? Drive. Roll to drive.
4: Okay. An eight
0: You grab the vehicle and it shudders and it shakes and it almost throws you off, but you know how to tell a vehicle that no, you are in control now. You are the one who will decide what to do.
4: Can, can I also flavor it that at first it, it like went badly because they were kind of shook about suddenly
0: remembering this thing? Yeah. Okay. So you're scared at first. Uh, you grab this vehicle and it shakes and it shudders and, and you're scared, it's, it's taking control. You don't know why you know what to do and you, you don't know why it would work. But you you just remember the one thing you know, which is to tell the vehicle you are in control now, to make it clear that you are the one who is driving. And you grab it, and you position yourself perfectly behind the wheel, and you gracefully jump down the last few platforms, into the ravine, and under the cover of the outcroppings. You don't know whether or not the Apocryta knows where you are, and you don't know whether or not it's chasing you, but you know it can't get you where you are now. And after a few hours, uh, you make your way back to the unchanged town of Fasten. Everyone has. Probably pretty battered in the in the boat. Mauve is now sitting up and nursing her head a little bit. Whereas the citizens of Fasten have hardly even noticed the fight that you had. Everyone is settling in for the night after just another day, same as the rest. While your beaten and battered wagon shuffles itself to the upturned barn where Mako and Jesse have been waiting for you. Uh, and Jesse, you can see, is waiting outside the barn. And they run up really excited. They're like, everyone, everyone, you're back. And um, they don't seem to notice how distraught everyone is. <laughs> what, what happened? You got to tell me everything. What was everything that happened? You got to tell me. Oh. And they um, they see Everett's sad face, but they can't focus on it because they see the hat, the propeller beanie that Hopper bought Everett uh, on Jesse's <laughs> behalf. And Jesse's like, Everett, that's the coolest dad I've ever seen on uh, Everett. You can see who's reel down just starts <laughs> Well, I guess it's kind of cool. And this like really awkward child starts to smile again. And, and he gets off with Jesse and Jesse's like, I got to I got to tell I'll, I, I got to talk about everything that you did, but I got to go talk, tell Mr. Mako you're here. And they and Everett run off and mob. You can see just sighs. And she says, yeah, we uh better go talk to my husband. And she gets up and she starts shuffling towards the barn. Shock.
1: With a with a sort of shell shocked look in his eyes, will will follow.
4: Yeah, M- Misha will follow too. But they... I think everyone's pretty dazed. Yeah, yeah, just blindly following.
2: <laughs> Can I sort of, as we follow, kind of gesture for Zoe to follow Jesse and Everett? Yeah just because I like I feel like that's a reasonable mom thing to do you, like go with the other kids
0: <laughs> yeah so you all make it into the barn you're a little bit behind mob so you can see that Mako has put this gran- this blue granulated azure into a uh, into a vial and he's explaining to uh, everyone he's like oh I'm glad you're all here so the way this vial is going to work and you hear him saying Mako Mako alright so now that it is distilled down it is going to Mako Mako it's going to make the perfect device. It'll not only protect you when you're trying to heal someone else who has spiders, but it'll also teach you how to do it. And the blue glass uh, has now been melted, and it's been put into what looks like a defibrillator case, but on the inside you can see a red Hamadian crystal that now has these blue lines coursing through it. Yeah, all you have to do is press the button. Pretty nifty, am right. Mako. Mako. If, you know, the Apocrypha ever hits us, which, honestly, why would it even do that we'll be perfectly prepared now on to the other thing mako the Apocryta's back and this man who you have never seen do anything but have the biggest smile his face grows grim and mauve continues mako i saw sue this isn't this is real it, it found us and mako's like <laughs> well no that's that's uh and mako like just sits there and nods for a second he's like all right, we evacuate the town. Jesse, go to the mayor and tell them to do everything I told him to do. Everett, I know you just got back and you got tired, but you've got eyes on everything. I need you to make sure that everybody in town is able to leave as soon as they can. And the rest of you, I just met you, but you got to do what you do best, and you've got to protect these people in case it hits us next.
3: Miko, do you have an evacuation plan? Is Are you going anywhere specific?
0: Well, we're going away as far as we can. And Maul pops in. Yeah, remember, the Apocryta can only base where it goes off the memories of its former users. If we can go someplace that nobody from here has ever heard of, there's no way it'll follow us there. Uh, will nod.
3: You have a plan in place?
0: We've had a plan in place for 40 years.
3: Okay, that's good. Can I look at it? I'll help with whatever I can.
0: Yeah, Mako throws a plan to you. The first thing we need to do is we need to figure out where it's planning to attack next based on who it's seen. Fasten cannot be safe. Fasten knew many people from Obsidian Bay. So we have to go someplace safe. Someplace no one from Obsidian Bay has ever heard of. Someplace like Ruletia.
3: Ruletia might not be so bad. We left it in the flames of revolution. Well, yeah, but they'll- I mean... Yeah, but I mean, like, it's better now. Kyle, I have an atlas of historic, important historical events at the Steadfast. If I lived through that, would that maybe help me find any suitable location? Yeah. Yeah, he'll pull that out. And if it takes a while, that's fine. But he would pull that out and look for a good evacuation location.
0: Uh, So you start looking through and Mako turns over the shock and says, Actually, that's a good place to start. Shock, where did it attack you? We, we'd we only just left
1: Roulettea. We were only probably... Less than 20 minutes outside of the city when the the storm got us.
0: Chuck, I appreciate the levity, but now is not the time for humor. The only person who knew about Roulettea was Sue, and last I heard she didn't know anyone there, the only people she knew were us, and we were in Charmande. Why on earth would it be in Roulettea?
2: It's not a joking matter, Mako. He's telling the truth.
0: <laughs> but that's impossible. We We know every place it's hit. We got rid of all the spiders. Even Shock, who I was worried about, hasn't uh, suffered a single side effect. There's no way it would have changed course. Unless
1: Shock will actually just sort of like in the middle of this run up and just hug Mako unexpectedly out of nowhere and be like, I'm really sorry. When I, Last time I saw you, I, I I said some things I didn't mean. I was, I was scared and worried and I didn't know what to say and I'm sorry. But I was also afraid because I thought, I think maybe the Apocryta is still inside me. I didn't tell you, but uh, there's someone in my head now since then. And Shock will gesture to like beside him. This is Lowell, even though no one can see
0: anything. He's in my head now. Tom, what are you talking about? What? Lowell isn't there. Lowell hasn't been there since the Apocryta attacked.
1: Shock actually gets concerned then. Well, normally Lowell would be around here somewhere. He's been in my head ever since I woke up here in Fasten. I think the Apocrita absorbed him years ago back when you were first fighting it. And I think maybe he got stuck in my brain when the Apocrita was in me. And I don't know where he is now.
0: He's gonna pat your back. He's gonna be like, shock, it's okay. We've all made mistakes. I've made mistakes before. And if what you said is true, we'll figure out a way around it. We know the knowledge now. And the Apocryta doesn't have a mind of its own. It can't figure out global locations. And it only takes the biggest target. And it won't even bother with little old us. Because, again, it doesn't attack single ships. It only goes after major cities. And Shock says, had Aegon ever been to Raledia? He'd been, but he preferred
1: to forget. I don't think he did forget. You said the storm didn't have a mind, but what if it does now? Because is it it wasn't just chasing us. It was
0: trying to stop us. And that's when Mav turns over. Mako, the Apocrypha isn't just hunting anyone. It's hunting us. And Mako turns to a a frown and his eyes kind of dart around as he's trying to think of a plan in his head. And eventually that boisterous smile comes back and he snaps his finger and he says, All right, change of plans. We sacrifice ourselves. Hop is still looking through the book,
3: but did he find anything? Because he would look up from the book and be like, I don't don't think that'll be necessary, Mako. I mean, I, I don't want it to be. We should look for other options.
0: Hopper Scott, you're a man of math. There are no other options. This thing is chasing us. So long as we are here, we are a liability to the people of Fasten. But if we can draw its attention away, then they'll be perfectly fine. And after all, so long as it's chasing us, it's not worried about the professor. And at at the very least, it doesn't know where she is, right? There's no guarantee
3: of everything. There's no guarantee that if you did that, it would work. And if you're gone, we don't have any medicine left. We don't have any anyone who knows how it works to help us stop
0: it. Well, sure you do. And he throws you the uh, he throws you the defibrillator thing. He says that gives you every instruction. And again, it's a quick chase. Get it out of town. We go our separate ways. So it doesn't have to worry about us again. And that's when Malf pipes in shock. Your your friend, was he there when we talked about the professor? I, I, I'm not sure he sort of comes and goes shock I, ne- I need you to think hard was he there I um I I think he was I I guess yeah he was there <sighs> well then we're in a bit of a bind because the second we get away from it that thing's gonna go straight after her it knows where she is and it knows how long she's gonna be there and if you're right and Aegon is pilot in that thing he knows exactly where to take it well, the plan doesn't
1: have to change. We were, we were always going to go to Key and find the professor. Even if we run, even if we let that thing chase us forever, more people are going to get hurt. We can't just ride off into the beyond. Shock, they're not
2: proposing that we go with.
0: What? Here's the thing, Shock, we go straight to Key, and that thing's gonna catch up with us before we have a chance to go. The jagged dream is there. The professor is there. As I said, if there's someone who's gonna help you solve this thing long term, it's her. Especially if you've got something going on with your brain, there's no one better to let you know what happened. But the thing is, you need time. We can give you that time. Because so long as it's chasing us to a destination it does not know, it will not leave until it catches up or we disappear. We can give you the time to figure out how to stop it for good. Shock,
1: I guess, his his eyes widen with sort of a dawning horror as he as he comprehends the plan properly. And he he says, We don't even we don't even know who it's really chasing. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the one who should be going away. I'm I'm the link after all, right? I was the one who got uh, was almost sucked in.
0: I'm the one with the brain, boy. <laughs> exactly, that makes you the perfect candidate. We've never had an opportunity like this before. If the Apocryta is spying through you, we can spy back. But we need the professor to do that. I
3: don't, I don't want you to go though, Chuck, I think they're right. I think this is the best plan with the most likely positive outcome.
1: Shock and I are both genuinely at a loss. Shock is, I think, going to just wordlessly step outside the barn.
4: Misha is going to, um, like, they have been kind of dazed during this whole thing, but they have been listening to everything intently. And they will say, but I recall when L.E.B. long ago or a couple of days ago said, That we all were in in a boat, in a similar (laughs) the same boat. And I didn't quite understand what that meant, but I think now (gasps) this means that we all share this and if if, if we separate, then what will happen to our boat? (sighs) Oh
2: Oh my heart. Risha brought up Speech and I wasn't prepared. I was prepared for some things.
1: I oh, this is a fucking feels roller coaster because I have gone from thinking, "Oh, Mako has been killed," to "Oh no, it's okay, Mako's alive." To "Oh, but by the way, Mako and Mav are going to lead it off um, and sacrifice themselves <laughs> for." Oh dear, I've I've done a goofer.
2: So I, uh, hearing Misha say that. Ellie's gonna turn towards them. Misha, I I meant
4: what I said. I finally understand understand it, Ellie B. But if if they leave the boat, they will drown. Sometimes
2: Um, people leave, and it's really, really sad.
0: But people do leave the boat. Besides, it was never really our boat anyway. We were just loaning it from you. I think it's time to drop in our old beaten up one for a while. And Jesse pipes in and is like, yeah, no, you can go in and the three of us will uh will help with that. Jesse, Jesse, no, uh you're not coming in this one either. But but you always said you bring your team. You bring your team along with you. Uh, no, I said that, Jesse, but, uh, and Mako is going to take a set of keys and throw them to Jesse and be like, uh, Jesse, how about, uh, how about you try our new boat that you and I have been working on for us? And Jesse's like, oh, oh, okay. And meanwhile, Mauve uh, turns over to Everett, who is refusing eye contact. And she says, oh, and Everett, I, uh, I wanted to wait till you were ready to give you this, but, uh... Oh, kid, you were always ready. You just, just open it when you recognize that. And she picks up a conspicuously rapier-sized case uh, and hands it out to him. And he crosses his arms and he turns away. And she's like, Everett, Everett, please. And um, with a huff, he grabs it and he puts it down. And before they leave, Mauve grabs each of them on their shoulder and says, I love you, kids. Why well, not you remember that, okay? And now it is just Mako Mauve. Ellie and Hop. And Mauve turns over to you and says, uh, Ellie, Ellie Badge just watch over my kids for me will ya?
3: I'll
2: I'll try just don't walk away thinking I can be you. I'll try not to be just a bodyguard but
0: well, as I told Jelly Badge and she stands up and winks you're natural at this And they start packing the boats, and they drive out to where all of you are waiting outside. And and before they go, Mako turns over to all of you, and he says, From one generation of heroes to another, don't mess it up like we did. And they drive off, and you hear Tready whistle. And the last whistle fades as they leave, fast. It's not long until the apocrypha appears as a small, undefinable dot on the skyline. But soon enough, the threat grows bigger, and its features grow more defined. The apocrypha comes closer, and closer still, and it's hard to tell, in these moments of uncertainty, which would be better. Would it be better for the Apocryta to continue course towards Fasten, to march towards you with the promise of an endless struggle, or would it be better for you to be granted just a few moments of quiet, in exchange for... You don't get to consider this for long, because the Apocryta stops growing. It turns, and it moves right across your vision, dutifully following a small wagon driving away, as the beams of the setting sun chase them both. It's funny, with all the excitement you didn't even realize that the sun was setting.
1: ayo <laughs> is this